Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Welcome to Brainwaves. You're with 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am on your dial. Um, interviewing today, we have Paddy, Kathy, and Kate. And our guest today is Zoe Probin, who is the Northern Support Services Manager at Home Ground. Welcome, Zoe. Thanks very much for having me. Zoe, um, home, could you tell us a little bit about who Home Ground is and what you do? Sure. So Homeground is a community-based organisation. We're a not-for-profit. We have about 130-odd staff, I think, across various sites in Melbourne. Uh, Our head office is in Collingwood, just around the corner from 3CR here. And our focus is working with people who are experiencing homelessness. Um, We see about 10,000 people a year through our services. Um, We've got some great hard-working staff, and um, our aim is to ultimately end homelessness in Melbourne. And could you tell us about the two programs that you're currently engaged with? Sure. So we've got a couple of programs that focus particularly on, on uh, people who've got mental health issues um, and homelessness. Uh, the first program is um, the Home Ground uh, Intensive Support Program, HISP. Um, so that's a great program. It's got five staff. Um, uh, they're all outreach staff. They're case managers. It's very flexible um, and our target uh, group, I suppose, f- uh, for that program is people who are homeless um, and experiencing uh, mental health issues who who aren't linked in with services. So they may not have a doctor. Um, they often don't. They're certainly not linked in with any sort of treatment services when they come to us usually. Um, and they're having a really rough time with, um, with their housing. Um, can you tell us about um, the difficulties with tackling dual diagnosis in the current system? That's a really tricky, um, tricky area for us. Um, we find it really hard to to uh, find adequate treatment options for people who've got both um, a mental health issue and, and are struggling with drug and alcohol um, issues as well. It's a big problem in the system and it's a big service gap. So what we often find is that we have to think pretty creatively um, uh, around trying to find support for people who've got both those issues. It's one of those tricky things where it's kind of like the, you know, sometimes mental health services will say we can't work with you because you've got a drug and alcohol issue. Drug and alcohol issues will say we can't work with you because you've got a mental health issue. So you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. And Zoe, um, um, what's the demographic that you're working with for the two, for your two programs, the intensive support program and the housing mental health program? Um, okay, so it's it's basically adults. They can be, you know, between 18 and 100. Uh, we don't get too many 100-year-olds, which is good news, I suppose. Uh, the majority of our clients are, uh, tend to be adults 30 and over. Um, with the other program, which is the Housing Mental Health Pathways Program, which it works with people coming out of St. V's in Fitzroy, 
Um, it's really broad, so we, we probably get maybe 50-50 men and women. Uh, they do tend to be a little, little bit older. Um, they've generally experienced homelessness for a really, really long time. And I suppose what we find really, really difficult and, and, and I think shows that the system is not working very well is that oftentimes the people come to see us, uh, they've first experienced, experienced homelessness when they were quite young. So I think that shows that we really need to do a lot more work on early intervention and prevention. Sure. Mm. And could you tell us a little bit more about what the housing mental health program is? You've said a little bit about the intensive support program. Sure. So the HMHPP program, which is the Housing Mental Health Pathways program, terrible acronyms these programs have. (laughs) It's really annoying. Um, (laughs) But that's that's basically a one worker program. So we're funded by the Department of Health, um, a Victorian government. And that that staff member um, is based at Collingwood, but works very closely with the staff at the psychiatric ward at St V's. And it's really trying to sort of uh, identify uh, patients who may be coming up for discharge, who are are going to be discharged into unstable housing or no housing. And obviously, we don't want that. So we're tr- we're trying to sort of see who those people are and come up with a really good plan in conjunction with the hospital, so that people aren't just leaving the ward and ending up back on the streets, which is unfortunately what happens to far too many people. Um, so it's a, it's an awesome program. Uh, it really adds a huge amount of value, I think, to to people's lives, um, but also you know helps build that bridge between homelessness services and and the hospital. Um, gets great results for sure. a very needy group. And um, Zoe, I understand you have some thoughts on the um, recent overhaul of the community mental health system, sort of May, June, July last year. Yeah, that's been um, quite, quite controversial, I suppose, um, particularly from the homelessness sector perspective. Um, we we agreed that the mental health community-based sort of mental health service system needed some reforming it's pretty fragmented so it was a, it was kind of a bit of a schmozzle and it's really hard for people to navigate around so we, we were very supportive of, of there being um, a reform process I suppose the only concern we have now is that um, access for our clients is is a is possibly a little trickier than it was before um, in the sense that we used to have um, uh, more of a flexible I suppose way of being able to pick up our, our, our particular cohort the people experiencing homelessness um, we've, we're trying really hard to build really good relationships with the new providers and get our heads around their system because, I mean, a lot of what we do as staff is, is being a navigator. So you're really there navigating with your, with your client um, next to you around what can be very complicated systems and multiple systems. So um, we've been doing a lot of, I suppose, advocacy, um, lots of relationship building to make sure that that our particular client group gets access to these really important services. Um, it's tricky, but I think it's what, a working. What, what are the what are the difficulties with service access, and is the new system acting as an adequate safety net for your clients? I, I think that it probably. I think the big problem is is that it's a the way to get into the system is primarily through a telephone service. So it's a one three hundred number. Um, a lot of our clients, particularly those who are, you know, actually sleeping rough, um, obviously don't have phones. Credit yeah. can be a problem. Um, they might be so unwell that they really can't navigate a conversation yeah, with a total right. stranger. Um, they're going to need kind of supported support to make that contact. Um, so I suppose that's that's th- that tricky period where if you haven't got someone who can say, you know, actually, here's how the new system works. This is the number we need to call. Hey, let's do it together. 
and you know and and walk through that process with a person um that can be really hard um i think overall you know it's quite clear to anyone um who's who's got a mental health health illness themselves or anyone working in this sector that you know we've got a lot of gaps in the system yeah sure so what what happens sometimes to people who fall through the cracks so to speak because they they i mean they just don't have seem to have the the finances or the resources yeah yeah look it can be uh life-threatening i mean people die you know uh regularly from from you know multiple uh serious issues like experiencing homelessness having a mental illness you know becoming extremely unwell i mean one of the things about homelessness is it literally makes you sick um and it can actually then, of course, make it very hard for you to seek treatment. Mm. So, you know, we it is a it is a really quite obscene problem that in a country as wealthy as Australia, that we still have homelessness um, rates to the degree that we have. Yeah. Very different to other OCD sort of type how, countries. How high are they in, in regards to say our after GDP in, in terms of the OECD, is it difficult to gauge, or is it? It's really. I mean, it's really interesting. One of the one of the fascinating things that's happened recently is that Finland um, yeah. has halved its homelessness. Now, Finland's fascinating because Finland it's actually got a, um, yeah. a a much smaller GDP than Victoria has. So Victoria's yeah. got a, a you know bigger GDP than this this whole country of Finland. They've halved it, and and it's really interesting when you look at how, and it's really got to do with the political will. Um, they decided they were going to devise a proper long, long-term long comprehensive strategy. Mm. They funded it properly. They didn't do it with projects, bits and pieces here and Band-Aids. They did it with, with uh, you know, a long-term vision and, and proper investment. They also built houses and they invested oh, yeah. in stock. So, you know, this is the kind of problem we, I suppose we've got in Australia is that it, there's a tendency for our thinking around solving these big problems to be short-term. Myopic, yeah. Yeah. So it's um you know it's a real problem, but it can be resolved. You know, and, and Finland is a good example of how you do that. I think we just need politicians who um, care enough. And Zoe, can you 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 made a a really important point? You said that homelessness makes people sick. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean it really does. It literally makes me sick, and that's why I work in the field because mm-hmm. I think it's appalling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it it actually makes you physically ill. So you can, I mean, what what's very interesting is that there was some research some years ago about I think people put the figure at seventy percent of people experiencing homelessness had a mental health issue. Now I think that 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 research has been kind of debunked a bit, um, and it's really interesting. Uh, what's what's happened since? There's been more of an investigation into that, and more research done by people like Guy Johnson and Chris Chamberlain. What they what they're sort of suggesting is that not only does homelessness, um, you know, people who have mental health issues become homeless, but that in fact homelessness can actually cause mental health issues. Which, if you think about it, is not rocket science. Yeah. You're unsafe. You're anxious. You're worried about where you're sleeping every day. You're 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 experiencing that stigma. Physical stuff. You'd be though, subject yeah. to more violence on the streets Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, yeah. exactly. I mean, that's one of the big problems we, we our clients face is the, is the violence that they're subjected to is extraordinary. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a really um, terribly damaging effect that that has on people's psyche, on their, on their physical well-being. And, of course, it's very hard to, to keep in touch with treatment when you're moving around all the time. I mean, you know, we all, I think those of us who are housed take it for granted that we've got a GP that we can go and see when we're sick. 
Um, for many of our clients, that's not an option. Yeah. Or, or it may be that they'd had a GP some years ago, they've now moved on, and, you know, it's all very difficult. So um, the health impacts of homelessness are seriously um, uh, enormous, and it's, it's something that we need to, to really think more about, I think. So based on um, that... The demographic with homelessness, they must have like a high rate of um, mental illness in that group. We do tend to see quite a lot of it. Yeah, there's definitely an interplay between um, homelessness and, and mental health issues. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure. Um, certainly for our for our client group, I would say it's it's almost, you know, it's very high. I don't quite put a figure on it, but it's, it's. I suppose if you think about it, when someone walks through our doors seeking some support from home ground, um, you know, generally they've probably got six or seven pretty high priority issues. One of them's housing, um, obviously, but you know, mental health often figures as as another pretty major one. Um, isolation, loneliness is huge, um, uh, and. You know, we we are painfully aware every day how precarious people's lives are and how how little support there is often out there for people who really need it. Thank you, Zoe. We're going to go to a break with... On Love, One Heart for Schizophrenia Awareness Week 2015. At the North, Northcote Social Club, Sunday 17th of May 2015, from 1.30pm to 5.30pm, Melbourne Mass Gospel Choir unite with a chorus of loud and proud mental health campaigners are... T- campaigner artists from around the world to speak and sing up for Schizophrenia Awareness in the 2015 Skitsy Week Jam. Now in its seventh year, Skitsy Week Jam is a community-powered event to honour the one in 100 people who live with schizophrenia, their families and friends and allies, to bring positive profile to an often maligned, misunderstood social diagnosis. The driving force behind Skitsy Week Jam is the schizophrenia recovery performer and mental health awareness campaigner, Heidi Everett. Everett says, for every one person who has schizophrenia, there are 99 people who matter. Let's try and make life better for all, not just the people with the mental illness. We all matter. We all deserve mental wellness and music is a great transformer. Joining the respected Skitsy Week lineup at the Northcote Social Club on Sunday, May 17th are the well-known Skitsy Awareness champions Heidi Everett and her band Hotel Echo, plus the evergreen rockin' out for mental health outfit Bipolar Bears, Pran Mission's High Energy Act Tomorrow's Sky and the very well-versed mental health linguists, comedians Rowan Forster and MC Justine Sless. One of the most anticipated aspects of Skitsy Week Jam is this year's French freshly minted One Love Global Jam, a multimedia all-in jam session with an arrangement of mental health advocacy artists from Canada, Ireland and New Zealand. Everyone at the Northcote Social Club is invited to sing and play along with the Skitsy Week bands alongside the virtual musicians performing on the big screen. Tickets for Skitsy Week Jam are available at the door at the Northcote Social Club for just $5.00. Skitsy Week Jam is an all-ages event. Minors must be accompanied by an adult. Complementing this year's jam is the inaugural Illustrators Exhibition curated with the help of Dr Beth William AM, former Health Services Commissioner. Artists who experience altered states of awareness like schizophrenia have works on paper displayed at Chalice Gallery, Northcote United Church from May 15 to, su- to Sunday, May 17. To find out more about Skitsy Week Jam go to www.skitsyjam, that's org. 
about uh, the Jam is a not-for-profit event driven by people with lived experience or support of people with mental health recovery in partnership with Victorian Mental Illness Awareness Council. Email skybeans at gmail.com or call 0404-128-307. Welcome back to Brainwaves. Um, in the studio today, we have interviewers Paddy, Kathy, and Kate, and we're with our special guest, Zoe Probin, who is the Northern Support Services Manager at Home Ground. Oh. <laughs> Over to you, Paddy. How are you going, Zoe? Um, yeah, not bad. I was just wondering um, about the issues, how, how have been people uh, at Home Ground, first of all, and others in the community been tackling the Issues of Indigenous um, homelessness and mental health and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's a really big issue. Yeah. It's a pretty, again, a pretty shameful situation, I think, in Australia when you've got your First Peoples experiencing homelessness um, at a really disproportionate rate when you look at other groups in the community. So I think, um, you know, there's some dreadful statistic that floats around that says that you're more likely to experience home. You're 16 times more likely to experience homelessness if you're uh, an Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander um, person. Um, pretty dreadful. Uh, I think one of the consequences of things like um, past policies like the stolen generation, the removal of children, um, and, and the general kind of systemic racism that the community yeah. members have faced um, has been uh, obviously under that kind of act, that sort of stress the emergence of pretty serious mental health issues. It's not something that's probably had enough attention. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of stigma in the community itself attached to somebody uh, who is experiencing a, a mental health problem. Mm. So it's um it's a it is a real it's one of those wicked problems. One of the programs that we were talking about earlier, um, the intensive support program at Home Ground. Um, focuses on people who identify um, as part of the stolen generation um particularly in yarra we've got a pretty vibrant active um local community yeah um but there are certainly some members of that community who really need, do need some support uh so we take our some of our referrals come to us from connecting home which is a stolen generation focused agency over in um, gipps street in collingwood around the corner from here um and you know like others who have mental health issues access to support is tricky um it's not there's not enough support to mm. meet the demand um and there can be particular kind of you know spiritual and cultural difficulties as well that we need to be really sensitive to and, yeah. and make sure that we're working in a culturally safe way um we take we um home ground makes a point of making sure our, all our staff do sort of cultural safety um, and awareness training we consult a lot, you know, we don't want to speak yeah. for the community. We want this, the community to feel comfortable to talk to us about what the kind of support that they want. So I think it's about negotiation and 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 making sure that you're not doing things to people, but you're doing it with people. With people, yeah. Mm. Sean, Zoe, could you tell us some of the issues around dual diagnosis and homelessness? <laughs> Again, really a tricky a tricky issue. Um, I think the thing about being homeless is it it's a pretty miserable existence. So oftentimes people will, you know, may medicate, self-medicate in a way to sort of cheer themselves up. I mean, you know, you, it's completely understandable. Sometimes that stuff gets a bit out of hand or sometimes that's the reason they've become homeless in, in the first place. Again, um, our system is not particularly well set up for dealing with people with a dual diagnosis. We do have a, there is a fantastic service called Nexus um, that we do use um, on occasion, but again, not quite enough of, of the support that we need. Um 
for us, it's it's there's a lot of advocacy involved in in getting people who've got a dual diagnosis what they need because we do tend to get pushed back a lot from either mental health services saying it's a, it's a drug and alcohol problem or or vice versa. Um, it's really tricky and it's something that, again, I think we, we need to do better at and there needs to be um, more services um, funded and, and probably a change in thinking um, across the board around not compartmentalising people in that way because people are complicated. Um, you need to work with the whole person, not just pick out one issue. And just quickly, what are your thoughts around residential rehabilitation and treatment options, Zoe? Look, again, with um, the dual diagnosis in particular, that's really hard. So um, there's some great uh, psychosocial uh, you know, services um, that, that are part of the new uh, community mental health support system service, but they're really hard to get into if you have anything other than sort of a, you know, if you've got a, men- a drug and alcohol problem as well. That's a real problem because people need the space and the time and the support to recover. Um, it's very difficult to do that um, unless you're having access to that kind of specialist support. Um, I think again, it's it's a an area that we need to do much much more work and much more uh, thinking around. Mm. Mm. Um. Zoe, um, how does uh, safe housing make people feel? Look, I think that's a great question because it's it goes right to the heart of it. Um, I I can't imagine um, you know a, a, a bigger sign of social exclusion than someone who's on the streets without a home or or a woman who's couch surfing with their children because they have had to flee family violence or an older person who's been priced out of the market and has to leave you know their rental property that they've been in for years. Um, home is is everything. It's safety. It's privacy. It's a place to rest, recover, recharge. Um, and our clients tell us, and again, it's kind of not rocket science, but our clients always tell us, you know, quite often the day I got, the, I did the sign up, I got the keys to the flat or the house, um, was the day I kind of felt like I could almost focus on my other issues. It's impossible for people to get well in unhealthy environments. So if someone is living in a, you know, a, a rooming house where they're being stood over or you know sleeping under a bridge i mean you can't expect anybody to get well in that environment you've got to house people first and then work on the other stuff um we know it makes all the difference uh it's huge Uh, you know it takes a long time to make a house into a home however so that you know there's often a transition period after people get housed um you know you've got to put a lot of support and time into making sure that tenancy is going to work but um you know it's the foundation for everything else Thank you, thank you, Zoe. Um, that was Zoe Proben from Home Ground um, discussing issues around homelessness with us today. Um, Zoe, I believe you have some contact details for Home Ground for anyone who's out there who is experiencing or knows someone who is experiencing issues around homelessness and mental health and drug and, and or alcohol problems. Absolutely. Well, you can always come and drop in and see us. We're at sixty eight. Oxford Street in Collingwood. So that's 68 Oxford Street in Collingwood. Um, if you've got access to a computer, you can have a, have a squiz at the website. That's got all our numbers on it and explanations about what we do. And that's www.homeground.org.au. So that's www.homeground.org.au. Um, and we'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you, Zoe. Um, you've been listening to Zoe Pro- Proben from Home Ground, and um, we want to thank you for tuning in today. 
You can you can listen to podcasts of our show at 3cr.org.au and iTunes. Send us feedback, thoughts, or just get in contact, especially if you have a story, suggestions, or topic you'd like to share. Email us at brainwaves at mifellowship.org. Post to Brainwaves at 3CR, P.O. Box 1277, Collingwood, Victoria, 3066. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.